Here we go. It's a real one. Hey guys, welcome to episode 169 of CMD Towers Bruce and Bill. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host will be applying his implement of improvement to this deck, Big Duck. Hello. Hey, cats and kittens. So here's the good news. This is a real beer, but it's alcohol free. <laughs> so you could drink so it at uh, noon and it's no so big deal. So get this, right? I got carded for this, which is bizarre. I because it has maybe like be 21 or older to buy non-alcoholic beer. I guess, right? Isn't that weird? It's uh, so dumb. It's a Heineken zero. Uh, Heineken zero zero. But I just found out it's actually pretty. It's actually pretty tasty as far as things oh, go. You shut your mouth. It's not that. It's really. Trust me. Though I've had way worse ones. They're way. They're way chalky. The I know you just had. You're now a Guinness convert, which is exciting. Well, I've always been a Guinness guy. I've always loved it. Well, I just you, oh, you I, you didn't, I don't you didn't know that they're like regularly super low calorie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they're like super good for you. And like they used to because they had so much. They had so much potassium in it because it's dark. They used to have like pregnant women drink them because they thought it was good for babies. Yeah, and then the babies came all fucked up, and they're yeah, like, "Hey, then they come, then maybe they we come should out. stop this." Yeah, maybe, with fetal maybe alcohol syndrome. Yeah, but people used to pound cigarettes when they were pregnant too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And it's I mean, true. some would say that was uh, peak uh, human fitness back right, then, exactly. less obesity. So I don't know. Maybe there's a correlation. You're, you're, yeah, I, I, problem is, I've been brushing. My doctor says it's not the smoking; it's just the brushing my teeth. That's what gave me the stomach cancer. I have to do it six times a day because my breath smells terrible. Well, right. I know it's only been a few days, so, you know, we don't have major life things to share. No. But, you know, how was your weekend? Uh, obviously, it was a big one for us in Kansas City with the Chiefs making it to the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, but yeah. how was yours? That was exciting. It was solid. I got that giant dent pulled out of my car, uh, which nice. is good. So uh, it's it looks like it's a real car again and not something that I've been using to just smash into walls. Uh, and then Saturday, Sunday, we got in some EDH games. Uh, which were fun. I played what I play. I played my the vampire precon, which I'm thinking about dismantling, and then I played Doretti. So fun. Oh, remember how you were like, hey, you shouldn't take that deck apart because you like it, right? So I came out like screaming fast, and then didn't do a lot. But like, I remember like I hadn't played it in so long. I actually got to play cards that I hadn't played before in it. Oh, cool. And like I won, <laughs> so oh, like, that's so funny. So it's so it's cool, but it's just like like okay, it's still like a fun deck, but maybe not the one I bring all the time, right? I don't bring this yeah. one to conventions. I don't do any of that stuff. So, how was your time with the Chiefs? So is the real question because I yeah, watched it, it was, by myself it was fun. with my cat. Had a single Aaron and the Godfather and the Goad come over and watch it. Nice the Goad because he's a superstitious sob. Left by halftime. Because he was like, I don't like the vibe here. I just don't like the vibe. And then he left. And then, <laughs> okay. you know, of course, we end up winning. And then he's like, ha, yeah. vindicated. And it's like, I don't know. So, you know, that that was all fine. I ended up making this uh, smoked queso. Uh, and the damn godfather. And he knows my wife. And he knows that if he says something even questionable about how something tastes, she's just not going to like it. That's just how she is. She gets very Wait. in her head. Wait, what happened? So, so if the, if the he Godfather tasted says, the queso, yeah. So he tasted the queso, and he's like, "Huh, I don't know. This kind of like tastes like gravy." And it's like, "A, no, it doesn't." And then B, <laughs> my wife heard it, and she immediately was like, "Oh, well, I'm not going to like it." And I'm like, "Well, why don't you try it?" She's like, "No, yeah, I don't right. want to try it. I'm not going to like it." And it's like, "God damn it!" And I literally said to him, "I was like, dude, what the fuck? 
And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And it's like, well, fucking think next time. Shit. I, but that overall, sounds, I mean, it's, it sounds good. So it was a good recipe. I do think a little bit of the flavor profile he was getting because it was odd. They had me add cream of mushroom to it, which it did kind of make it this more earthy yeah. type flavor. So I do think I would swap that out and just do extra cheese. If, if More it's just cheese, creaminess, yeah. just do just do extra cheese or maybe whole milk or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was good. Yeah, I mean, it was cooked with uh, Italian sausage, your normal Velveeta, Monterey Jack. But then I actually chopped up some fresh jalapenos, red pepper, red onion, smoked it for like four hours. I, I thought it. I thought it that turned out okay. It was just I, I could see like I had it left over for lunch yesterday. And I was like, all right, I get a little bit of that gravy flavor. It's just like, I know for a fact, if you hadn't said anything, she would have ate it and been fine. <laughs> yeah, right. So. I do think that's the way you described it. It does seem weird that they throw in the cream of mushroom, right? Like that doesn't seem yeah. to complement any of that. But I mean, no, but you could do the same thing and just take that out next time. Right. And then you're off to the races. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Man, I, I, I made the mistake because I ended up doing because I effectively, I think, doubled because they didn't actually give measurements for a lot of stuff. Yeah. It was just like Velveeta. And it's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what, so one I initially giant block. Did, yeah. So I just did one can of cream of mushroom to start. And then at about the three hour mark, I was looking, I was like, I could probably be a little creamier. So I did that second can. So I just think next time I'll scrap the cream of mushroom altogether. Yeah. Either find something to replace it or don't do anything at all. And I'm sure it'll turn out great. For sure. Everything else was amazing. The red onion was good. The hell, uh, jalapenos, the red pepper, all of that stuff worked yeah. out really uh, positive. So, wait, I do have one more thing that I think you'd like. I had an expert grift this weekend, right? So, I was going to my friend's house for a party, and I texted, okay. I was like, okay, like, I can't just show up, right? Like, what should I do? So, I was like, I hatched the master plan. I texted in and said, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it tonight. I'm sorry. And then, tur- like, t- effectively turned my phone off, right? So, she wouldn't see that I'd checked the message. So then when I got there, and I think some of them like smoke pot, so I knew that they that this would get them. I just go in and go, Charlotte PD, open the door. <laughs> I got all of them. It just went completely quiet. It was amazing. You have been very proud. Oh, my gosh. That's such like a uh, dad thing to do. Yeah, like, exactly. that's, like when you get old enough to where it's like you could have sired children. It's like, haha, you know how funny it would be. I'll pretend to be the police. Yeah. Shut off my phone. God. I said I, I said I said something similar where someone's like, Do you have a bike? And I'm like, No, I don't, but I just know it's someday I'm gonna wake up and have a goatee and like three motorbikes. Like it's <laughs> that's just gonna happen. Like, just, that's how my that's how my life is gonna terminal for sure. Oh man. Well, uh oh, the only other thing I have, and I know you're waiting to watch it, so I'm not gonna give spoilers. Last of Us, episode yeah. three premiered on Sunday uh this week. And I agree with the internet. It's probably one of the best TV episodes I've watched. Like, it's top five all time. Wow. Okay. All time. Like, take any TV series, one singular episode that you're like, this is mecca for me. It's up there. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It was beautiful. It's not really zombie or outbreak. Yeah, right. a little bit focused, but... It's more singular storied. It's something that you actually didn't get a lot of uh, information on in the video game, even. Um, so it right. was cool. They were kind of filling in gaps for people that had played the game. Nick Offerman killed it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Mark something. I can't I can't remember his last name. Uh, he played the other gentleman in the episode. Destroyed it. Their chemistry was phenomenal. Yeah. It was natural. And the way that they told the story, I mean, they literally took 
20 plus years of these guys interacting with each other, condensed it down to a 45 minute block and it never felt rushed. The entire thing felt natural. And at the end, I was like me and my wife were a little teary. Oh, it was, for sure. it was such a beautiful episode. You haven't, you haven't played the games though, right? No, I have. Oh, you have. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I got dusty during the game. So I'm sure that's going to get even worse during the series when it's like live actors. And that poor woman just passed away the other day too. Oh yeah. The voice actress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 which is a bummer. Yeah, well, so. you know, I mean, her character did die in the first game, so, you know. <laughs> good, good grief. Good grief, it's Bruce and Pills. It's an our deck tech series. Since we have conquered our past the 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to a segment called Say Yes to the Deck. This will comprise of one of your hosts building a deck online specifically geared towards the playstyle of the other, but still challenging how they play EDH. At the end, we will see if they say yes to the deck, but of course, the heart of Brews and Bills is still here. So we describe the brewing of the deck, similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your fourth state. We call that grains. The grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, using the 60 to 40 ratio. This one definitely has a little bit heavier than that. Uh, this helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. How does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beers patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They're grown in a variety of strands and help sub distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. How does your deck actually close out or win games? We call that yeast. And yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content in the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water, which is effectively what this is. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we do have kind of a fun section. These could be pet cars, random synergies, which normally with a say yes to the deck, we don't have an expansive section for this. As Tuck and I have talked about, like when you build a deck from yeah. scratch, usually you don't have a lot here, but we got plenty here in the spice. Yes, and not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the beans that turn a stout into a vanilla stout. Finally Ooh, changed, you changed it. it up. I finally changed it. Or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop. But if it does, this is where we talk about it. And then to cap off the episode, we do have a bottle capping. And this is going to be the deck's recipients, three cuts, and then recommendations to the deck that are well under five bucks, $50, and then one that has no budget. The only restriction is no mana only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Yeah, we're, we're here for another we're Say back. Yes to the Deck, and this is one that I went ahead and did for Big Tuck, because uh, it had been a couple months, maybe even three months since we did one, and he wanted something that could go into his band slot that isn't Enchantress, Crap, or what was the other, uh, there was like one other restriction that you didn't want with band. Probably tokens, <laughs> or something. I maybe. No, but... Or was it Defenders? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't Anyways, like that very yeah. much. <laughs> so uh, I thought I could use his love for trying to shove an artifact uh, deck down my throat every chance he gets. And his obsession into Surveil, probably your top five favorite mechanic. It's great. I was looking into building a new Surveil, uh, surveil Commander uh, now that it's on more cards. So stick, stick tuned to that. Well, we Stick got tuned to that. What? Tokasia Dig Site Mentor to the Rescue. So, Big Tuck, why don't you read this card and then I'll kind of talk about why I chose this. Sure. So, she's an interesting one, especially in Bant. So, Colorless Colorless and Bant, that's a green, a white, and a blue for a 4-3 legendary creature human artificer from the Fresh Off the Press's Brothers War. 
which is funny because all is one's coming out this weekend. So that sucks. And she's about 35 cents. Uh, so she has creatures you control at vigilance and tap surveil one. And for those who don't remember surveil one is look at the top card of your library and let's look at the top card of your library. And you may put that card into your graveyard. So you can leave it there or bin it, which is cool. And then for two colorless, double green, double blue, double white, you can exile her from your graveyard, which is really crazy. And then return any number of target artifact cards with total mana value 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. So that's really a really interesting like blowout, but has a lot of steps to get to it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So kind of here was my thought with this card is it doesn't feel like banned. Mm-hmm. at all and I, I thought that was pretty cool the other thing i liked about it is that with the commander errata we can do tokasia's activated ability without issue normally in Correct, the past yeah. when it's like exile it from your graveyard it's gone for the game and it's like i can't even play this it's, it's a one-time use and it's done unless i'm just building the deck with a surveil mechanic I right. like the fact that it gave your creatures Vidge. I know you like to live mm-hmm. in the red zone. So now Love there's it. zero drawback to attacking. And then all of them with the activated ability of Surveil 1. And it's not like only activate this once per turn. Or there's really no restriction. It's just you got 30 creatures, tap 30, let, Surveil yeah, let 30 run. times if yep. you want to. So I really liked that. And I thought this could be a fun way, similar to how Feather and Shirai we're able to take, let's call them less impressive cards, or we usually mm-hmm. say draft chaff. Sure. Where it's not viable in EDH, but actually make it viable on the artifact side. Because there's a lot of really cool artifacts, but mm-hmm. it's like, do I really want it in here for this one-time use if I'm not right. doing constant artifact recursion? Well, this is kind of a, a cool way that you can use a lot of these utility artifacts through the game. But then if you would like to, at a later point, get them back for mana value to right. less, or... The other flip side is you're surveilling and it's turn three. You know what? I'm not going to be able to cast this eight drop yeah, for exactly. six or seven turns. I'll just go ahead and bin it. And I know it's there later if I ever. Need yeah. It. If I need, if I need to get it back for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with that. Like I said, like I, on the face, there's definitely some goofy cards in here, which I kind of like, I think it's, I was a little worried when I first looked through it that we, cause when I first looked at the commander, I thought it was just an ability that you could do. Right, I didn't know that you had to put her into the graveyard as a kid there. So, like, I think you did a good job of like getting ways into that. I did deck tech this a few times, and it seemed like it was pretty smooth to kind of get going, at least get her out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 really hard to tell how reactionary it is, but I love I, I love the the hidden secret that you put in here. It's one of my new favorite cards, and I think this is a this is a potential real way to do it. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't do a ton of which green excels at. And I thought I would kind of allow you as the deck recipient, you know, probably in a postcast, if you actually did want to build this, I didn't do like a lot of Kadamas reaches. I yeah, didn't do a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. growth effects. And I know that you would want those in here. So, you know, that's almost kind of like a dealer's choice. Like, would you rather mm-hmm. have those? Or would you rather have artifacts that tap for mana that you could eventually get back and use sure. for other stuff? So, you know, that's really for me where you would kind of smooth out the deck is going right, to be right. around, hey, I'm going to swap out, I don't know, Arcane Signet. We're not going to talk about it. So sure. Arcane Signet, I'm going to swap out for a yeah. Rampant Growth or a uh, Kadamas Breach because I'd rather have two lands versus this one artifact. You might have some of that. Who who really knows? Yeah. But that's that's really the biggest tweak that I can just see on its face that it could use. Uh, and maybe getting rid of some of the cute artifacts that uh, it's like, 
Oh, that's that's well, cute. I see what you're doing, but there's probably just something in, more functional the, and better. In the in the cut, I left in of the of the cuter artifacts. I think I left in all of them except for one. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I tried, and also I tried to keep the spice as intact as possible. That's yeah. You always do that. Baffled. What? Baffled. What? So I don't. Baffled. So I. So I leave that. So I don't take out of the spike. I'm not even choosing a spice card. Well, no, that, that's what I was saying, though, is that you always refuse to not take out of the spice. Right. Where usually that's the first place I go. Yes, that's just correct. on brand. I'm just saying it's on brand. <laughs> what can I say? Well, bef- before we get into this episode, we would love for you guys to check out our amazing Patreon community. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. Many different tiers. Starts at 3 bucks, goes up from there. $3 gets you full uh, unadultered access into our Discord, <laughs> plus some other soft <laughs> effects. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. And then, um, of course, our higher tiers, there is a uh, like little swag um, that we have for all of those. And then, you know, whenever we could finally get back to a place where we have a healthy patron community and kind of healthy revenue coming in and we can start adding new merchandise, you automatically get that merchandise, depending on what tier it aligns to. So it's a really great program. And honestly, every single dollar does go to kind of helping pay down the things that we've invested into the channel and hopefully continuing to grow it. So just remember patreon.com slash CMD tower. Now we're going to go with the ramp and drain section. And since I built this deck for you, I'm going to go first. Okay. And the first card I wanted to talk about is I think unplayable in a deck that can't recur a whole bunch. Uh, And let's just say it draws you three and is a mystery. We're talking Mystery Key. Oh, this one, yeah. So, Mystery Key, colorless blue, artifact equipment for less than a dime, equip one. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice Mystery Key if you do draw three cards. So, normally I feel like this is probably unplayable in a lot of decks. Sure, a little, little slow, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit slow, one-time use. But I think it's kind of cool with it, CMC being two, it's only taking 20% of the 10 CMC right. that Tokasia can recur from the graveyard, and it just comes straight to the battlefield. So then, you know, it's almost this, oh, well, I'm paying one, I pay my initial two, I want to equip to draw three. So effectively one mana per card drawn. Right. But then depending on how many times you do Tokasia throughout the game, you're really just paying one to draw three. Your creatures have bidge, people are going to yep. want to block, so they're going to get hit. Um, if you don't connect, hey, I'll tap it and I'll do my surveil one. No big sure. deal. But I thought this was kind of a cute, easy way to be able to draw a lot of cards. Yeah, I agreed on that. And and how many times, so when you're building this, how many times are you hoping to to activate Toskia? Three times. Three times. That's what that's what you're going for. Okay. Dies, comes back three times. Okay. Yeah, that's a reasonable amount. I think if that's if that's expectation... Yeah. Her CMC is four. So if we kind of think about that, you then pay four, you pay six, and then you pay eight. I feel like, you know, yeah. paying eight oh. for a commander is decently realistic and eight's for activated ability. So that's right. why I so kind of put it to three there. times. Because if you're you're doing it once and then activating it once, well, you have eight mana. So you should probably be able to cast her, do it again, cast so her, do it do again. It again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond her. that, I, I don't really know. It's more gravy. Yeah. And like, there's, it, there's some times where if you need this, you can use it. Or if you need it to potentially do something else in this deck, which we might get to in just a second, it's still a good target for it, right? So it's still, the fact that it's an, it's an artifact is like the key on that. All right. Well, what is your first grade card? So this is a card that I'm pretty sure it's just like flat out broken in a million decks. 
And I think this is, it's one of the few cases where I don't think it is, unless I've completely missed something. Mm. Or I did I? I know Maybe I did. Because this is not, this is the expensive, one of the more expensive altars of all time. It's not even altar because it's an ironwork. Because we're talking about KCI, the one, the only, Karat Clan Ironworks. A uh, card that it's I still own. Price. I was shocked. It's, it's down on quite a bit, but still, still up there. And they're never going to. I don't think they're ever going to reprint this either. But anyway, well, you could get your gold bordered for sixteen bucks. Oh, let's go. I will trade my full bordered one for a gold bordered. Hit me up in the Discord. Uh, so it's a four drop artifact that's an uncommon from the original Kamigawa, I think. That's thirty seven dollars, which is crazy, but has come down. So and it simply reads: Sacrifice an artifact, add two to your mana pool. So again, I didn't see any ways that this is like inherently more busted than it already is in terms of like going infinite or anything right unless i completely miss something no 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 so there's no infinite with this because once again i know you don't like that this was more now you have an outlet to like okay i got takasi in the graveyard i'd like to get these four activated abilities to trigger again let me sack those artifacts i can only use two of the colorless for sasuke or takasi as effect um, but then you could use that remaining colorless for her command tax coming out of the command sure. zone. So yeah, I agree. So so that's why like that's why I really like it in here, where it's like it's a really good job. It's a really good card, but like is not busted in here, like uh, mm-hmm. like a lot of the other decks that's in. So that's a good start. That's a, that's a good start for me. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, this next card I had never heard of. I would say it's unplayable in Commander unless it's in a deck like this. It has a very cool way to put artifacts straight from the yard, straight into play. Oh, this one? <laughs> We're talking proto-matter powder. Go, Tell go, me go. you've heard of this card before. <laughs> no, I have No, I have not. Uh, two colorless blue. It's 11 cents, and it's an artifact. Four colorless white. Tap. Sacrifice proto-matter powder. Return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, with it yes. only being three... Now, you know, it's only taking 30% of Takasia's 10 CMC, so it's a very small commitment to get the card back. But then being able to pay five to get out any numerous amount of large artifacts, that's really, really good. And depending on how much mana you end up having, this might be one of those situations where you're activating the protomatter powder, bringing back a big boy, then activating Takasia to bring the powder back. To bring the powder back, And then yeah. on top of other stuff, because the one thing that I do think is going to be a feel bad with the deck, it's like, man, I really want this seven drop, but then that takes up seven. Well, I don't get anything her, else. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get anything else. So now you can kind of play the game of, oh, well, I'll use this to get that and then use her to do all this other stuff. Sure. Uh, I, and to your point, I was looking up. It's I thought getting cards from your getting artifacts from the graveyard to the play was a way broader, way broader ability, right? And mm-hmm. there's very few ways to do it. So this is certainly this is certainly one of them. I don't love the fact that it costs so much just to get one thing out of it, uh, but it is an artifact itself, so you can always sack it to K- KCI, so on and so forth. It's definitely it's yeah. definitely an interesting pick. I'll give you that one. Well, and you could always look at it this way, Tuck. It's kind of like the mystery key. The initial investment of the three to get in all because I do agree, paying eight yeah. to get one thing back doesn't feel good. But if you do that once, and then every other time you do it, it's only five. It's five. I think it becomes a yeah. little easier to swallow, uh, especially if you're bringing back like some nine drop. Like I don't have it in here, but like Dark Steel, 
Uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. What Colossus? Uh, all your artifacts are indestructible. Oh, Forge. Forge. Thank you. Dark Seal, like a Dark Seal Forge. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't feel that bad. And now I got this massive thing out for basically five. Right. Um, but you know, it, it is one of the sweatier ones. I, I will say <laughs> it's, it's dark steel forge is $42. What egregious. <laughs> well, what is your second grain? <laughs> so I think this card is not only one of the best cards in the deck. Uh, I think it's a great card that should be played more in commander because not only is it an artifact, it's also a creature that you can tap to surveil and it's also legendary. And it's also an equipment. <laughs> and it's also a jellyfish. Yeah. Do we match on this one? Three, two, yes. one. The reality, reality chip. chip. Yeah. Colorless I, blue, legendary artifact, creature, equipment, jellyfish, rare. You, you almost had as much as I had to say. $3.20. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. Slam dunk. As long as the reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. And then it's reconfigure two, which is two colorless and a blue to attach the target creature you control or unattached from a creature. And then I love how when it's attached, it's not a creature. So it still lives through board wipes the same way equipment would. But I mean, mm-hmm. this circus of value on this thing out the gates is insane, right? Like yep. looking at the top card, being able to surveil itself. Right. And then eventually being able to play the cards off the top to cycle through your deck extremely fast. It's kind of like, I mean, it's like definitely a little bit of a Rube Goldberg machine, but it's like not near as good, but it's around like a top or like a Bolus of Citadel or, or sure. Mystic Forge sort of thing, right? Where it's like you're going to get easily with a couple of cards, you're going to be able to set up the top of your deck and really churn through your library. Yeah. The thing that I really liked about this card in this deck specifically is the fact that you can look at the top card of your library at any time. Because one could yeah. argue, like, do I do I have to save all my surveil stuff until the person before me goes to instep, so then that way I have blockers? Well, now it's like you can start looking, and it's like, I don't need this land. Okay, yeah, tap, get it out of there. Yeah. It's almost like this ability makes it to where you're automatically just top card of library to graveyard. That, yeah. That's just what yeah, it yeah. is. Top card of library to graveyard, get Absolutely. it done with. And you can dig through your library or if you like early game, you see a bunch of that big stuff up there and you're like, I don't need this stuff. Yeah. Let's tap the reality chip. Let's tap our I'm not, I'm not getting bail that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm not getting to these 10 drops anytime soon, right? So yeah. either bin them or deal. We'll figure it out some later time. All right. Well, Ooh. what is your, it's sorry for the video audience. That is reality chip. Totally forgot to put that <laughs> up on the screen for you guys. Uh, what is your final yeast card? So another great pick straight from the Warhammer, which is a goofy commander in and of itself, but again, is another card, which is a great pick in here. And that's Belisarius Call from from Warhammer. Two two four, uh, two colors, a white and a blue for legendary artifact creature human. It's a rare uh, for 15 cents. It has two abilities. Ultima Founding, which is tap. Tap two untapped artifacts you control. Create a 2-2 two, two white uh, Astartes warrior creature token with vigilance. Then ask Master of Machines. Tap, tap, X untapped creatures you control. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may reveal an artifact card from among them. Put it in your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in random order. So again, like if we're dealing with the tap synergies, which we absolutely are, this just gives us another way, another choice, right? Where it's like, well, I don't really want to surveil, right? I'd rather 
I'd rather like look through a bunch and put them on the bottom, right? So instead of tapping mm-hmm. and surveilling 10 times, we're going to do the second ability on him once, right? Or I'm trying to build up my army. I'm trying to have these big payoffs with some tokens um, and some token generators. So I'm just going to tap down everything. I already know what I want to draw. Now I'm going to create four creatures instead of scrying eight times. So um, I, I just think I just think it's a really cool pick and just gives you a lot of fluidity to do things, to do more than what you're just forced to do with your commander. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, it's weird how the 40k decks, everyone was kind of like iffy about like the whole themed aspect yeah. before it came out. But now it's like more and more when we're doing like these deck techs and kind of, you know, doing some, you know, deep diving into the internet. There's a lot of gems in those 40k oh, decks. Yeah. They're really, really good. I mean, it, I mean, I still haven't opened them, but it kind of made me glad that I did buy the, the four precons. Because it's yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, I could see these almost being the level of, what was it, Commander 16? Was that the Atraxa? Yeah, because 14... Yeah, I think that's all the four colors. 14 was Prosh. No, sorry. Prosh was 13. 14 was... The Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers. 15 was the two-colored ones. And then 16, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think it was 16. I think 16... 16 I think 16 is still, like, from a resale value, like, the highest uh, yeah, of yeah, all yeah. of them. And I, I honestly think these 40k decks in a year or two, like, if you wanted to go buy a precon, it'll probably be 150 bucks for, like, oh, the, the normal non-foil. Ones? Oh, for yeah, sure. Normal non-foil, yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the grain profile. Now, before we head to the next section, we would love for you guys to check out our Etsy store, Etsy.com, CMD Tower, in the search bar. That's where you'll find our foil play mats, our, hol- our Jun sweaters, uh, you're going to see our reminder tokens. You're going to find our great coin, especially with all the coin flip stuff going out. Just anything you guys could do to help support us there would be very appreciated at Etsy.com, CMD Tower, and that search bar. Now we're going to head to the hot profile. And Tuck, what is your first hop card? We got, we got not a ton, but got some interesting ones. So the first one I want to do, I want to take this card out for a trot. Because I think this is the third time you've put this card into a deck, and I love it. But but a lot of people might see this and go, Nay! Oh. We're talking the horse, baby! <laughs> the curling horse! What so this, good this, in here. This is such a sleeper for you all the time. Uh, four colorless... Oh, bad news. It's gonna. It's in my mono... I did put it into my mono black uh, kill creatures deck, but I'm actually turning that into the mono black dicks. So I don't think this one's going to make that... Well, mm, Wait a minute. This still makes a cut there, right? Because then they just att- they just attack with the one one, lose a life, and draw a card, right? Yeah, but then one of your opponents has a defender. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. So, anyways, the horse, if you will, is four colorless for an O four artifact creature horse with defender. When it ETBs, an opponent gains control of it, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent creates a one one white soldier creature token. So again, it's an artifact that you can't really interact with, which is kind of funny. But I just love like the fact that you're just getting a free like there's it's the amount of hoops that someone has to jump through to get rid of this thing is like baffling, you know, like, are they really going to waste their own? The reason it's in here is because when they get rid of it, you just bring it back oh, yeah. and do it again. <laughs> I, I will do that. The I horse will, will not yeah. die. I think it's great. So, again, it's it's a, it's definitely a cute pick. It's kind of slimy, but I do. I do think it's funny in this deck, especially. Now, I will say, if you wanted to make this work for your mono black deck, you just need to put Homeward Path in, and then there you go. You oh. just you take the horse back, yeah. and then yeah, your opponents yeah. always get the 1-1s, one um, and then hopefully that they're hitting each other. 
That's pretty. That's pretty good, actually. And I have a spare yeah, homeward I, path. Let's go. It's happening. There you go. All right. Well, my next one is typically a terrible card for its price. It's seven mana to cast this thing, but it's in here because we can plane cycle, and it's an artifact which oh. I totally forgot about. We are talking one of my favorite creature types, Angel of the Ruins. Oh, this card's so, so good. Five colorless white, white. Like I said, it's a lot. Artifact creature, angel, flying. When a DTBs exile up to two artifacts and or enchantments, it's a 5-7, but it has plane cycling. So two colorless, discard this card, search your library for a planes card, doesn't have to be a basic, and put it into your hand and shuffle. So I see this card being good in multiple phases. Early phase, we got it. Even if it's on top and you can surveil it, it's like, I'll actually put this to hand and then I'll just cycle it for two, go get, you know, tutor yep. of a land. And then that way I can hit my land drops. It will, this is one of the ones I was kind of talking about where it will take up 70% of Takasia's activated ability, but you are exiling artifacts and enchantments, which are very difficult, at least enchantments are very difficult to deal with. And they don't come back when Angel of Ruins dies. So you can then sack it, do it again. It, it, it's basically just kind of a, a good way where it's like, I know I always have this utility artifact in the yard, and whether I'm using Takasia or like the Proto Matter Powder for five, I'm getting this. And I'm going to be exiling two things whenever I need. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I like, you don't have to sell me on this card. I li I like it even though it is overcosted. Uh, just the exile. I think I think you really hit the nail on the head with the if it was exile until it leaves the battlefield, then it's like okay, this yeah. should probably be like five, right? Mm -hmm. or six at most but i just love the fact it just flat out gets them so it's great it's great in the early game to fill out your hands and smooth out your lands it's great in the mid game just takes care of some troublesome artifacts and again it's it's even great in the late game just for the same reason right they have a cloner it's it's just an overall slam dunk card especially for a dollar well and you can get the brothers war copy for 27 cents hey so all right well what's your second hop card all right, so this is one. This is a card that I used to kind of run in almost every every white deck because I thought it was just a good sweeper. And then I've realized that most white decks can't really use it. But in this one, I feel like this is definitely one of the cards in here that ends up being like a six for one for you because it gets everything that you want into the graveyard, including your commander, and just completely BFs all your opponents. Are we on, are we on this? No, of course not. Oh, we're not. Okay, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. Uh, oh, you just threw me for a loop. I thought you were talking to Chroma's Vengeance. Oh, no, 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 no. Cataclysmic Gearholz, way better than a Chroma's Vengeance, in my opinion. Way better. So, three colorless, but like I used to, I still put, yeah, uh, it does kind of describe a Chroma's Vengeance. I don't really play that that much anymore, but Cataclysmic <laughs> Gearholz is three colorless and a double white for a four or five artifact construct that's a mythic, even though it really probably shouldn't be. That's a four or five. When it ETBs, each player chooses an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker from, from among the non-land permanents they control, then sack the rest. I love it, right? Kill your like keep your best creature, your best artifact. There's not a planeswalker in sight here, so don't even worry about that. There's barely any enchantments. Or there's a handful, but nothing like crazy, right? There's not enough to where if you sacrifice, you'll always have one to keep, right? So you keep your four best things, put everything into the yard. The next turn, just bring back everything else that you wanted, including your commander, right? So, uh, and it's a four or five vigilance. Like that's a that's a big threat for five. I I really really struck out to me how strong this deck is, or how strong this creature is in this deck. 
Yeah, it's it, it's just like the Angel of Ruins, where you're you kind of have this repeat pseudo yes. board wipe or removal that you can always have ways to get it out of the yard, and then even when you cast it, you don't have the gut wrenching like crap. I guess I gotta do this. Mm-hmm. It's like oh no, I want to do this. Takasia, right. get in that graveyard. Everything else, get in the yeah. graveyard. Everything, everything else, get out. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> get the hell out of here. All right. Well, my next one is such a cool card for this deck specifically. Uh, it's a one drop. And let's just say we're going to have a little insect action happening here with Haywire Might. <gasps> oh, yeah. This wait, shit. I, was paying, I wasn't paying attention. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this one too. Haywire Might. It's a colorless artifact creature insect. When Hay- Haywire Might dies, you gain two life. But what is that activated ability, Tuck? It's incredible. So uh, for a green sacket, exile target non-creature artifact or non-creature enchantment. What a blowout. Who right? the it's hell like, cares that it's non-creature? <laughs> yeah, like, right. Great. You're not using, you're not using, uh, what's that one? Caustic Caterpillar to blow up a freaking worm token. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you're, yeah. you're it's like, get oh, rid cool. Of, Omniscience. Bye. Yeah, right. Propaganda. Anything like that. Why, why did no one not say anything about this? Right? Like, Caustic Cat. So for those playing the home game, Caustic Caterpillar is one green for a creature insect that's a one-one. Colors and green, sack it, destroy target artifact or enchantment, right? So this is like just like that with a slight restriction. I guess that well, maybe yeah. that's why it's two dollars and thirty cents for a bulk uncommon. Maybe we're not yeah. the only ones who are picking this up. Yeah, it, it's really and the thing that I love the most about it is that it only costs one. So it's only taking 10% of Takasia's yes. activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's such a low cost. Like it's going to be very hard pressed to me where you're not bringing Haywire Might back every single time you mm-hmm. do Takasia's ability. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm I 100% on board with that too. It's just a blow. It's just such a sweet card. So like I said, evidently it's being played somewhere else besides Commander or else it wouldn't be $2. Yeah, true. It, I mean, I could see this probably getting played in like standard. I mean, it is yeah, a one drop sure. and it's a run with, four with of them in your art- deck. With the amount of artifacts that have been printed out in the last three sets, like, yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. in with the artifacts coming in, the Phyrexia all could be one. Uh, it's going to be really good. Well, my last hop is another card that we can discard from hand to get an ability with an overcosted seven normal <laughs> cost. But with our commander, I think it's okay. And I think we're going to channel the Mirror Shell Crab. So, yeah. Mirror Shell <laughs> Crab. Good. Five colorless blue, blue artifact creature crab. It's seven cents, really cheap. It's a five, seven with ward three. So whenever it becomes a target of spell and ability and opponent controls, they have to pay three or it's countered. But the reason I put it in here, with it being an artifact, channel. Two colorless blue, discard mirror shell crab, target, uh, counter target spell or ability, ability. unless the controller pays three. I know you're not a big counterspell person. Sure. I know that's not really the theme of your play group because I guess a lot of people don't play blue and like doing yeah. that. So this is no, kind of an nobody. easy way to have it in the 99. You at least have one way to counter stuff. Um, and it's not just straight countered. Like if they could pay the three, they pay the three. But now it's in the yard. And now you got a 5-7 with Ward 3 that's going to be going out there. You're going to be surveilling. You're going to be hitting stuff. Maybe you have a way to bring it back to hand so that way you could channel it again. I, sure. I just think this is a, a good utility card, but you very well could just say, hey, I'm going to cut this for disallow and be done yeah, with right. it. And, and, just, and I just wouldn't have an that. argument. No, I agree. Like, I think it's cute. I think it's a cute card. And the fact that it's like an artifact creature is kind of wonky. So 
it, it, it's a five seven. You bring it back at the end. It's got the same stats and doesn't fly as a uh, Angel of the Ruins. So there, I don't see a problem with this. And like you said, I don't like playing raw counter spells. I'd rather play it in something like in some version of this. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile and our last plug for the episode: abyssproxyshop.com. If you're looking for proxies, play tests, cool variant arts of your favorite cards, and only want to pay a, a pittance, a three to five dollar pittance, I should hover. But when you do, use code CMD Tower. It'll get you ten percent off your entire order, and it does help the channel out a little bit. So, you know, I've uh, they have a really cool custom catalog that I always talk about on every episode. That if you go into there, you can search and actually find like my Game of Thrones deck on there. You can find my Najila old woodblock Japanese uh, art deck. Just a lot of really, really cool ideas. Uh, they'll work with you on custom cards as well. And they even do full custom decks like they've done for me. So if you're looking for some proxies for your more expensive Magic the Gathering collection, or just want to have a really fun meme deck where you pick all the different cards, use code CMD Tower for 10% off at abyssproxyshop.com. And now we're going to head over to the And Tuck, this is where we got some, we got some begins. So the first card I'm going to talk about is effectively the artifact creature version of a certain enchantment that turns all those non-creature artifacts into artifact creatures. And we are talking the Cyber Drive Awakener. Blowout. Uh, yes, we are, sir. Yes, we are. God, you're so low tonight. We have. I. I am out of it. Leave me alone. I haven't had my coffee. I've only had my mud water. I keep look, I'm looking. I'm colorless blue artifact creature construct. It's almost six bucks. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. It has flying. Other artifact creatures you control have flying. And then tuck. What is that activated or that oh, uh, so good. ability? Uh, when it enters the battlefield until end of turn, each non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness four four. So it's just another version of uh, Rise and Shine, but you mm-hmm. don't have to deal with the freaking counters on it. So I just, you'd be proud. I After playing Lawness in Vegas, I realized that there wasn't a lot of win cons in it. So this is one of the cards that I came across when I took apart some pre-cons that I'd bought that I had no interest in playing and slapped that right in there. There you go. Just, just think about that. Coming in and bashing people in the face. Do you think that if you wanted to make this a little stronger, we'd put in some more treasure support or some other of those smaller tokens? Or does that get too far out of the game? Does that get too far away from the theme? Because they're not repeatable, well, I, right? I think it becomes like where we have our secret win con and the yeast. It, it's like how much do you want to lean into that versus yeah. how much you want to lean into the has activated ability. I think if you're wanting to do more of, yeah, I just want tons of tokens to go into this secret card, then I think you would do that. But if you wanted to, because I think I have it pretty balanced right now. Yeah, I agree. Things that create tokens and creatures versus stuff that you want to recur and things to sacrifice to do her ability. So it's just more where you want to kind of float your spectrum. It's about a 50-50 right now, and I think your tweaks will kind of push it one way or the other. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, since we shared, what is your next one? Okay. Are you doing it? No, I'm not. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it to you. Why don't you? Why don't you go so we can just? Quit? Well, no, because I have another card to talk about before I get to that one. Oh, okay. So I like this idea. Again, I think if we want to keep going with the creature style, we need more ways to get them out, right? And we're not going to be able to talk about them all, but we do have some big strong men or robots in this yeast package, right? So I think like giving those the combat damage and kind of pushing out damage that way is going to be a way to really close out the game or at least kind of get there. And I feel that 
if you're doing that already, we might as well make more tokens to fill out the rest of our battle plan. Okay. And in that, I feel like Scepter of Celebration is a great pick. So it two is colors a good one. A, two colors and a green for an artifact equipment that's rare from the new Capenna precons for 26 cents. Equipped creature has plus two, plus zero, and has trample. Then whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create that many one one green and white citizen creature tokens. And as three three as equip of three three. So again, with the Cyber Driver Awakener, with some of the other big things that we have in here, and even our commander itself, right? She's a she'll be a six three trampler with vigilance, right? That's enough to get through and just make some tokens. Like yeah. someone that's gonna be able to chip through to somebody, right? So even mm-hmm. if we're not making a thousand tokens off of this, but we're making four a turn five a turn over and over again and putting in damage and stacking up that way. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's a mm-hmm. really cool, really cool inclusion in here. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you hit everything on the head. The one thing that you would have to be careful of, because you mentioned cyber drive awakener is you would have to do cyber drive then scepter of celebration because it would then become a creature and then you wouldn't get. Oh, I see. Effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, would, that would be the only kind of gimmick with it. But right. I, I think Scepter of Celebration is going to really feed into the secret win of the deck that people just aren't going to see coming. They're, they're just going to think you're making a, a bunch of go-wide stuff. Like, where's your anointed procession coming? When's your doubling season coming mm-hmm. down? When's your Cathar's Crusade coming down? And you're like, no, no, no. I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, I got something even better. I got one yeah. more. All right. Well, my next one I wanted to talk about is a very popular card in artifact decks but it's key to this and i i think you'll be okay with it because once again it's you have to wait a rotation to use it and it is a tutor but oh it helps get to our win con so we are going to talk a little bit about kadolta forge master artifact creature construct a little under eight dollars now holy crap uh yep. it's a three five and tap sack three artifacts which it can sack itself uh search your library for an artifact card put it on the battlefield then shuffle it's repeatable because it's going to take up 50% of Takasia's activated ability, and it will go get, you know, what we need for the particular situation. Now, normally, I have this, my tutors in the hops, because I feel like it's more interactive. Sure. It's like, what are my opponents doing, and what do I need to go get to deal with that? But I think the way that you play isn't so much that's why you're tutoring. I feel like you're tutoring to either accelerate your own board or just, like, I want to go get something kind of interesting. So that's why I thought Correct, it kind of yeah. fits more the yeast package for this deck because of how you pile it versus if this was my deck, I think I'd have this as a hop. And the hops, right. Yeah, I agree. Like, I wouldn't use this just to go fetch out a talisman or something like that, right? I'd go get the reality chip or something along those lines, yeah. especially with the rule with the ruling now in our play group that you have to take a bean if you want to go tutor. And <laughs> it's just, it's horrible. So I feel dumb. like, though, I feel like, though, we need to revisit this rule because, okay, I'm paying like, I think it's, I know that you think it's dumb, right? But do you feel like yes. the way that we could fix it is like, that's just for tutoring for anything. But if it's something that like has limitations like this, like this is a whole lot of steps to go through just to go get something out of your great, out of your library. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I feel mean, like if you're it, doing it this way, you should not be penalized for it. Yeah. But then that just becomes a really slippery slope. Cause if yeah, you just I, play an artifact deck, it effectively is tutor anything you want. Right, right, right. So, so that's yeah, why I, like, I think, uh, Maybe I think that's why we just been like a tutor. Oh, okay. I think maybe if you put a mana restriction, hey, if you do a tutor, three mana or less, you whatever the penalty is, but four mana or more, that's fine. Yeah, because like a diabolic tutor, I don't feel like is a big deal. It costs four, 
right. to do it. As opposed to someone who goes vampire, mystic, demonic, right? Like that's way more backbreaking. Now, yeah, demon, yeah, all those. Now, do you count gamble in that as well? That gamble would count because I totally had to take a gam. I totally had to take a, ga- a bean to go get a soul ring on turn one with gamble, and I kept oh God, it. That mean- well, that means I'd be taking a bean to use my vampiric tutor to go get a land on turn one. <laughs> you are correct, sir. All right. Well, what is your final geese card? So I think I know why this is in here because it's awesome, but I just like this card because I think it's cute. Uh, and this is going to be a way that we're really going to punish people for having a big library. And we're going to do it on a 6-4 body. So, Teresian Mindbreaker is another new artifact from Brothers War. It's 7-drop for uh, 6-4 for 35 cents. It's an artifact creature, Juggernaut. Get it? Like, oh, I'm the Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah I totally like forgot that. that that was Jason Statham, by the way. No, uh, it's it's Vinny. Because you're, you're, you, you did forget that. It's Vinny Jones. Wait, it's not Jason Statham? No, it's Vinny it's Vinny Jones. Bullet it totally looks like Jason Statham, doesn't it? I I'm guess if you don't know Vinny, bitch. I don't I don't ask if you don't know who Vinny Jones is. Yeah, who the hell is Vinny Jones? Is that is he related he's to Casey the, Jones? He's the juggernaut. Hold on, let me send you. Is that I'll all he you, is? I'll send you a link. No, he's been in a gazillion things. Have you you've seen Snatched, right? Oh, oh, it, okay. I know who you're talking about it's, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullet to Tony, yeah, from Snatch. Yeah. He's been in a million things. It's supposed to be a real douchebag in IRL. But anyway, back to Tessian Mindbreaker. When it attacks, doesn't deal damage, attacks, defending player mills half their library rounded up. And then it has unearth one triple blue where you can bounce it back to your graveyard, gains haste, exile it at the beginning unless it moves. You only do as a sorcery. So I just like this that for seven mana, we're digging someone for half their library on attack, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's really awesome. I also like the fact that it plays into the graveyard strategy any way you cut it, right? So, okay, maybe I don't want to pay the 70% of what Toskia is doing right now, right? Or Takasia? Whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm not whatever, too, I don't want, whatever her name is. Yeah, the dig, the, the dig site engineer. How about that? Or dig site mentor. I don't want to pay that, so I'm just going to leave it there. And with my leftover mana or next turn, I'm just going to unearth it and put someone sure. else out of the game, right? So yeah, that's why I, I, think, I think it's really cool. For me, this was just... A beater? Yeah, it really is just a beater. And I, I think you could replace this with, like, we don't have a Mere Battlesphere in the deck. So, I, you know, you could replace this with a Mere Battlesphere, and it's whatever. I just thought this would be a good way if you have someone that, you know, you just kind of need to get them out. Or I just need to take away more of their resources yeah. because they're actually the ones that's kind of dealing me the most issues. Sure. Yeah, you can, you could surveil it on turn three, turn four, unearth it. Okay, half your library gone. Just like, yep, exactly. I, I get it. Testian or Teresian Mindbreakers now exile for the rest of the game, but you know what? I needed to cut you down a peg because you're doing a lot of stacks pieces or you're doing Absolutely. a lot of artifact removal or hate. Well, and like to your point, right? It's a it's a creature and an artifact. So you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm unearthing it and then it's paying itself back from the Astronauts altar I played on turn two, right? So I think like I think there's enough utility to do with creatures that are leaving the battlefield or like there's gonna be we're gonna get some use out of this right not just the attack that's gonna be the best part but we'll we'll get some of the mana back or something along those lines for sure all right well it's here we've talked about it? it it's Tuck's new favorite card Halo Fountain yeah finally found a way to make it, it work organically it's so good it's so and two colorless white it's an artifact so when people blow it up you bring it yes, back you bring it right back. Um, and it has three activated abilities. 
Uh, a white tap, untap, tap creature you control, make a 1-1 one, one green white citizen creature token. Super easy, like, hey, I surveilled, and now I'm going to untap that creature and then make a citizen. I just, you know, got an additional token. Uh, white, white, tap, untap, two tap creatures you control, draw a card, same type of deal. Surveilled twice, I looked at that, you know, surveilled, and I was like, you know what, I actually want that card. I'll surveil again, do nothing, boom, I'm going to draw it. And then the Grand Kahima, white, 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 tap, untap 15 tap creatures, you win the game. So, you know, the argument I've always had for Tuck is the way creatures get tapped is you attack. And if you attack Correct. with 16, they could just get you to 14, and you can't do anything. This card with Dickside Engineer allows you to win on the spot. Because yes. you can just surveil 15 times, literally do nothing, leave that same card on top, and then for five white, there you go, you win. So yep. I think it's sneaky good. I think it's something that people won't see coming the first time Correct. you play the deck. But I could see this being that, uh-oh, Tuck has Dickside Engineer. Everyone get ready for Halo Fountain. Because right. both of in the amount of surveilling we're doing, yeah. it's just going to be so easy to get to this card. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great. I, like that when I read that, it took me a second to figure to piece it all together, but it's it's awesome. Like I just I, I love this card. I want to put it in more decks, and like I think that this deck wins with this card, but also functions with it too, right? Like mm -hmm. everything that it's doing, everything that we want to do organically. So when I read that in the description, I was like, okay, like we're cooking with something here. Like we got a little, we got a little, we got a little paprika on the sandwich, and I'm ready for it. Who just puts paprika on a sandwich just to give it a little spice? You know, just a little taste. Just a little taste, for God's sakes. I'm not talking about getting blind drunk. Well, that's going to complete our yeast package. And now we're going to head over to the spice. And Tuck, we got a lot of spice. All right, Tuck, spice package time. What do you got? I'm not choosing the one that you want because it's too good. And I'm sure you have a whole nine yards about it, which I'm excited to hear. So I'm taking that ramrod. And we're talking about oh, our boy, Rod, rod of Absorption. It's so it's like it's sneaky good, I think. So arguably could be a hop, but it is a little goofy. So two colorless and a blue for an artifact. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, exile it instead of putting it into a graveyard as it resolves. And then you can also do X, tap, sacrifice it. You may cast any number of spells from among cards exiled with Rod of Absorption with total mana value X or less without paying their mana cost. So uh, in an effort to figure out what, in an effort to figure out how to crash my computer so efficiently, I went through and reorganized our uh, our categories. We have precisely two sorceries, no instance, thirty nine artifacts, twenty one creatures. Yep. So I kind of see this as like a sort of repeatable because it's a pretty low thirty percent for this repeatable uh, this repeatable effect. A way to draw cards, to tutor, to maybe counterspell in a pinch spot creature removal or kind of do all of it right i'm i'm feeling like i'm sitting until there's like four five six cards underneath here and then being able to make my choice after that so the reason it's a spice is uh, a pretty easy one it's because i think people are going to want to get rid of this so i think this will be something people use their artifact removal on it's just going to be toast on because yeah. when you bring it back it's now a new target so everything you exiled with it you won't have access to. now it does sure. stay in yeah. exile which is great which is good, yeah. But that, that is the kind of crappy part about it. it. It's one of those, like you said, oh, I'm saving up till I get five or six or seven. And then right before you want to do it, someone blows it up. And you're yeah, like, well, right, right, right. shit, now I got to start yeah, right over. Be right before you untap. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's the only reason it's there. But I see this card as one of the cheat, uh, cheating ways 
to get around the fact that we run literally no instance yeah. and two sorceries, kind of like how I have that permanent restriction on my Brutoclad deck, yet I run Shark Typhoon with cycling to kind of get around it. I see this as a way of like, we wanted as many artifacts and creatures as we could, but it, it is good to have instants and sorceries. So it's a 75% deck. Yep. Whatever you guys are doing, now I'm going I'm to get. Do. And yeah, I guess if you want to blow this up versus the Halo Fountain, be my guest. Go ahead. Waste your, waste your removal, right? I'd be more than happy for you to. And it's an artifact, which is sweet as well. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, this is a secret spice of the deck. It gets comboed with Lightning Greaves, which everyone knows. Two colorless artifact <laughs> equipment. Uh, equip for zero. Equip creature gets haste and shroud. We're talking mere incubator. Put me back in the incubator, baby. Put me back in there. So, Tuck, have you ever seen this card? No, never. Good. Uh, How did you it's find probably this? Not just trying to search. I just actually, I think I just typed in artifacts into Scryfall and just started scrolling through like 30 or 40 <laughs> made pages. It all made it away all the M. So Mirror Incubator costs six. It's a dollar twelve from Mirrodin. It's an artifact, which I think is six, to be fair a little overcosted. <laughs> this is a colorless rare. Sacrifice Mirror Incubator. Search your library for any number of artifact cards. Exile them. Then create that many one-one colorless Mirror artifact creature tokens. Then shuffle. So Tuck, when we look at our pie chart, how many artifacts do we have in this deck? A lot. We have at least nine. Wait, pie chart. Oh, that pie chart. Oh, I never we noticed at least that have before. Thirty-nine. Yeah, thirty. We have thirty-nine, but that's just artifacts, and because tapped out doesn't count artifact creatures. Correct. So, so we probably have that, like forty-five or fifty artifacts that we could do. Hold on. So the night. One second. Okay, so I don't know if this is by art by accident or not. Each creature is also an artifact. <laughs> Every creature in this deck is an artifact oh. creature. Oh, no, I definitely did not. So we have, we have 50 targets for this thing. <laughs> so the nice thing about, well, no, that'd be more because 39 well, we also plus have 22. 39 plus 21. Okay, so that's 60. Oh, yeah, 21 if you don't count the commander. Yeah, 60. So, and, then the land, and then a handful of lands as well. Oh, yeah, because like I got six. like five or six. So, yeah, we got like, we got six, almost the entire deck as a target. <laughs> So the thing I like about this is, it, you know, you're doing your stuff. You got your Halo Fountain. It's like, okay, I'm ready to win. Mirror Incubator, maybe you're bringing out with Picasso's ability. Yep. You know, I don't know how you're doing it. But once you get that on the battlefield, you activate it. You exile exactly fit, however many creatures you need or how many artifacts you need to make the creatures to get to 15. And then once you got them, you move Lightning Greaves to each one, Surveil one, <laughs> you won the game. So... It is a Rude Goldberg machine because yes. technically it takes 4, 10, 16, 18, 23, 26 <laughs> mana all in to get it done. To do it one turn. To do it, yeah. If, if you were doing it in one turn, you need 26 mana. I think people are going to be so baffled when you play this card. They're just going to be like, I don't know what you're doing, right? So like to me, I'd go like this. I would, Think about this like turn order that you could do, right? Turn two Lightning Greaves, turn three Tokasia, turn five Incubator, turn six Halo Fountain, and close to winning, you're winning on the next turn, right? You should if you've ramped. But that, yes. I mean, that's effectively meaning you're winning in seven turns, which is about yeah. normal. Like a normal yeah, game right. of EDH goes seven to 11 turns somewhere in there. Well, and it's such a, go it's such a goofy interaction too, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. okay, they kill this or they stifle this. 
sure, I'm just going to pump out a bunch of other creatures anyways with my other tokens and do and do mm-hmm. Halo Fountain the old-fashioned way. Okay, in response to this, you're going to kill Halo Fountain? Great. I'll just get 40 mirror tokens and just beat you in upkeep. Right? Like, it's <laughs> it's it's so goofy. Yeah, and it's nice that it doesn't do a sorcery speed restriction. Yes. They didn't really oh. do that back then. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Tuck, to your point, you could be like, you know what? It's down to me and one other person. Let me just go ahead and pay six at the end of their turn, and I'll exile every artifact I have left and just get that many one ones and just go to town. Yeah, and I'm just gonna win. I'm just gonna win through brute force with it Damn at it. the at the tail end of the game. Yeah. So again, very very cute pick. I think this and the I think this and the gods or the the Halo Fountain combo is very very spicy. Very very sweaty. The way I like it. Too. Very sweaty. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the spice package, and now we're gonna head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these are gonna be big tucks. Three cuts and a card that he's going to add for under five bucks, under 50. And then he has one where he has no budget. Big tuck. Let's get going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you think you're going to cut? And then what spicy card are you going to put in place? So the first one is I have a kind of like a functional upgrade. In my opinion, I have one that has a little bit of a drawback, but I think it's going to help us win more. And then I have one that's goofy, okay? Or that, like, is super synergistic. So the first one is I'm going to cut Shimmer Mirror. Three colorless. Just just listen to me out. Hear me out. Because we talked about about this recently. We talked about this recently, and you're going to like this. Three colorless for a 2-2 artifact creature mirror with flash. You may cast artifact spells as though they have flash. Vital to the deck strategy. Absolutely vital to the strategy. However... I feel that for almost the same amount, you get a little bit more extra with, and this is one of my new sneaky favorite cards in artifact decks, Liberator, Liberator, Liberator. Oh no, my brother here is going to kill me. Uh, We're going to make fun of me. So uh, Liberator Urza's Battle Thopter. So three colorless for legendary artifact creature Thopter. It's a one, two with flash and flying. And it says you may cast colorless and artifact spells as though they had flash. And then whenever you cast a spell, if the amount of mana spent to cast that spell is greater than Liberator, put a 1-1 counter on it. So for me, we really have no drawback from the Legendary Clause in here, unless you want to copy and make a bunch of member shear, shimmer sure. shears. So for me, I just think this is almost like a functional upgrade. I like it. I like Now, it. do you think it would be better to just leave Shimmer Mirror in and then cut the Luck and Ori for Liberator versus Battle Thopter? I mean, you already said it. You only got two sorceries in the deck. Everything's an artifact. Yeah, I get. Yeah, the only I guess the only argument that's that you could have there is that Battle Thopter's a, a creature, which are pretty easy to kill, whereas Vidalkin Ori is just an artifact. But that's kind of that's it's also an artifact creature, so it really gets splits either way. I don't know. I never thought about that before. I guess yeah, right. Especially because oh, and to your point, Vidalkin Ori doesn't tap for Halo Fountain, doesn't tap to Surveil. Doesn't do anything, right? It like okay, sure, it'll be a four four with Cyberdrive Awakener, but by then Liberator's kind of a one bunch of one counters. Yeah, I think that's probably the I think that's probably the better cut for this yeah. deck, especially, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The only advantage I see with Ori would be uh, you could cast your commander because it doesn't say from hand; it just says oh, you may cast on land cards. Yeah, but they yeah, had yeah. flash, so I guess you could Takasia whenever you feel like it. That's really the only advantage. Huh? The, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll keep it as Shiver Mirror being cut, but I think sure. if you actually build this deck, I think that might be something to play around with in the list. Yeah, I agree. And you and, and you hate Ori, so. Well, yes, and especially because I didn't sell my copies before the price plummeted to five bucks because it just got reprinted. Yeah, $5? Good That's lord. So, I guess Ignite isn't as popular. The other, Well, of course not because they suck. Hashtag coming for you, Jimmy. So, so mean. 
I was going to say the last thing on Voldok and Ori is you don't even, our, our commander coming in at flash speed doesn't really matter unless it's just like, cause her abilities herself, like she doesn't need to be tapped to get activated. Right. So Correct. yeah, it, it would just be more the protection or I'm supplies, just leaving yeah. mana up cause you don't know what I'm going to do type thing. So. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, what are you doing for an under 50 cut and add? So this is going to be, I'm cutting this card because I think the one that I'm going to put in is will help you win more efficiently at a cost. So I'm actually going to cut proto matter powder just because it costs, it costs no! you a lot. It costs you a lot. And I like the individual targets to it. Right. But for me, eventually people, I think are going to get wise to your commander and they're going to make it di more difficult for you to get her out or they're going to play around it a little bit more. So for me, having another backup to do the same, to do the same thing that she does at sorcery speed is worth it, even though it might help your opponents in a pinch. But I think open the vaults is going to be a win more card than the powder itself. So open the vaults is four colorless, double, double white for return for sorcery. That's return all artifacts and enchantment cards from all graveyards, to the battlefield under their owner's control or is nothing to enchant remain in graveyards about two bucks. So the way I see this is unless you're in a really bad matchup, we're going to get way more bang for our buck off this. It's like a living death, right? Mm -hmm. Where if you're playing living death in the right deck, you should always get more value out of it than your opponents. So even though you're giving some of it back, I like the idea of, okay, I can't cast Toski again. I have Halo Fountain, Mirror Incubator, and Lightning Greaves in my graveyard. And now I'm going to be able to potentially win very close to on the spot, if not right on it, right? So Well, you wouldn't because you if can you, Toski you... for the activated ability of the Surveil. Oh, sure. That's how you win with Halo Fountain. Right, right, right. So either way, like I just like that you can get a way more back at almost the same cost than proto than proto matter than one target at a time. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you too much there. I would, you know, my my, I guess my thing with it is open the vaults. If it ends up being in the top of your library and you want, yeah, to surveil, yeah. you can't because um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have zero ways of getting it back in this deck. So it kind of becomes that whole Gisa and Geralt thing where I'm really challenged. Like, do I want to play them and mill four? Because if I don't mill zombies, I'm never getting those. I'm never getting back. it back. Yeah, and so that, be smart. that's kind gotta... of what you're going to have to deal with here. Yeah. So you know, but hey, I, I mean, you know, maybe it works better. Maybe it doesn't. You know, and or maybe you're just scared of overcosted old just, cards I'm, that cost I'm, a dime. I'm just scared. Look, it scares me. All right, I've seen. I've looked. I've looked into the eye of the devil, and he blinked. But proto matter powder—that's the one that really that really gets me up. All right, no budget. You can put any card in here you want. What are you going to okay. cut? And what are you going to do? So I'm not sure. I, I might have missed something, but I'm cutting Godsend? Question mark. Uh. So yeah, I mean, here for 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 the YouTube and, and video audience, Godsend, colorless, white, white, legendary artifact equipment. A quick creature gets plus three, plus three. Whenever a quick yep. creature blocks or becomes blocked by one or more, you may exile one of those creatures. Your opponents can't cost can't cast spells with the same name as the card exile with godsend equip three for me it's more this was in it's like almost seven dollars yeah right for me i wanted this card in here because i do think having like a little bit of equipment synergy sure. is going to be a positive yeah. for you and this makes it to where no one's ever going to want to block like yeah, you right. can just go swing with that particular creature and then even right. if they do blow up godsend you're bringing it back for only 30 percent of the activated ability costs so that's really all it was, but it is a card that can easily be cut for something yeah, just, it, that makes more sense. It's under first. And the, th the real shocker is I'm not going to, so I was like, okay, it, like I see where I kind of see the tech with the equipment like you're talking about, but like $7, I don't know. <laughs> like that seems like quite a bit, right? That's a lot. 
so anyways, I'm going to, I'm cutting that with a card that is around the same costed. Uh, but this card is going to help us filter the top of our library, right? Potentially make even more creatures that we can tap or, and all three potentially win us the game in a non-traditional way because we're getting sieged with Mirrodin because we're talking Mirrodin to siege, baby. I can't believe you didn't put this one in there. Oh, what? It's eight dollars, eight dollars for an enchantment. And I listen, my eBay purchasing addiction has finally come to roost because I bought four copies of this for five dollars and paid no shipping. So now I'm up fifteen dollars, baby. So Marodin Besiege is two colorless and a blue for an enchantment, which is not an artifact, whatever. As the ETBs choose Mirren or Phyrexian. Mirren, whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless mirror artifact creature token, and then Phyrexian, at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. If there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. So we're either generating dudes to tap down to fill our graveyard to bring stuff back, or we're just winning by shoveling everything off of surveil into our graveyard and headshotting someone at the end of the round. Repeatedly. So the reason it's not in the list is, as you mentioned, there's only two enchantments in this entire list. Smothering Tithe, obvious reasons. All that glitters, obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. This card, while I think it's good, it's going to be kind of the open the vault argument that I'm going to have to where... Oh. If, 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 this if you is mill it, you're top, screwed, yeah. Yeah, because if you mill Smothering Tithe, you're fine. It's just mana. If you mill all yeah. that glitters, you're fine. It was just a way to maybe one-shot someone because you have so many artifacts. But Mirrored and Besieged and Open the Vault, both of those, you're doing it as, oh, well, this will win me the game. Yeah, right, And it's right, like, right. you don't want to be milling your milling, win game that away, cards, sure. and then you never get them back. <coughs> so that's that's kind of more the argument that I have against these cards, because I, I even know that uh, Marketing Ross and SD Sharpie had recommended that enchantment where, you know, everything is, all your non-creature artifacts become creature artifacts. Rise and Shine? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh, March of the Machines. March of the Machines. And that was kind of my argument against that. It's like, well, yeah, it's great when you get it out, but if you have to mill it, you literally have no ways of getting it back. So I, for me, Fair whenever point. you build a graveyard synergy deck, you should have ways to get almost any card you want back out of that graveyard. Or you don't have a graveyard synergy deck. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's just yeah. what it is. E- even in my Herador deck, I have Ewit in there to go get the of sorceries instance and things that sure. you can't go grab with the creatures and Ewit's repeatable with Carador. Same thing in like Marin deck. So that's my only thing against this. But once again, it would be just kind of have to see how it plays out. Maybe this ends up being like, yep, I'm just one shot. You guys better kill me this turn. Oh, you yep, didn't. Yeah, or else you. Toast. Yeah. <laughs> or else so, you know, maybe it could work, you know, but that would be the one thing I would caution you against is it mm-hmm. sucks when you mill all the cards that you really like if you built your deck around and it's going to win you the game and you mill it. Yeah. 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 That, that is a horrible, horrible feeling. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. All right. Well, everyone, did you know that we are at the end of the episode and thanks for hanging out with yeah. us on this Tuesday morning, afternoon, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe to us on Twitch, on YouTube, all the different platforms. If you you know would like to, leave a little comment. We love reading those. We do see them when you guys yes. comment on the YouTube videos. Appreciate all the kind words. Uh, but if you'd like to get a hold of us, maybe send us recommendations or ask questions, here's the best way to do that. You can get a hold of me at Mr. Comment Number 5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for 5. Uh, Big Tuck, have you started your gimmick yet about so, Hot Wings? 
I was going to ask you about that today. So it's at Big Tuck Tweeting today because we were talking about the short shorts that I got, right? I was going to take yes. a picture of me wearing them and then ask, tag you and tag Jared Leto and ask what they thought. So maybe I'll just do that tomorrow. Is that, is that, I, is that appropriate? I, I don't know if I want to see you in your short shorts, but I have, uh, great, I have great legs. Plus those cool, the cool Nordic tattoos. I know you like those. I feel like it'd be better for you to do it with like Alexander Skarsgård because he's played like oh, a Viking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Or, or like Jason Momoa because of all his chats. Sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, You can get a hold of our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have the deck list posted at cmdtower.com slash bnbe169. Basically type in combine chrysalis, mindlock orb, dark skill citadel, tower.com. And if you're looking to support us, you can do through through a myriad of different ways. Patreon.com slash CMDTower, Etsy.com, CMDTower in the search bar, or AbyssProxyShop.com. CMDTower is your code at checkout for 10% off. All three ways are ways that you can help support us, keep this channel alive, and get Tuck some shorts that cover them thighs. <laughs> Never. It's a year so, of the short short, baby. So, Tuck, uh, Dicasia, Dicksite, Mentor, say yes to the deck. So what we're going to do is I just want your overall impressions of the deck. And then are you going to say yes to the deck and actually try to build it? So what's your impression first? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I think this is, uh, I think this does a lot of different things that Bant does. Uh, I also think it's built quite differently than a normal artifact deck, right? I think, honestly, I was looking through. I think the reason why I feel it's more fair is because it doesn't have blue in it. Because there's so many backbreaking like the Tezzeret, like we were talking about on Saturday, right? There's so many strong artifacts, energies, and black. So I think it makes it a little bit more fair. I like the way you built it. Like, I, I like that you went for some deeper cards and some recursion. So I will say I am yes to the deck and the way it's built. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to put it to paper because I have two other decks. I have two other decks that I need. I just now today am finally getting sorted through all the decks I dismantled and I already have two more on the back burner for that. And then now I need to go through all those cards that I have to fix some decks that I want to do. And then I have two more decks that I already have that I want to build on the back burner. So this will certainly be one of them because I don't have a, I don't have a Bant card. I don't have a Bant deck. Taking mine apart. Taking mine apart. So, so far, if, there, if I was to build a Bant deck, it would be this one. Fair, fair, fair. Or, 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 or a version of it. There you go. So, so good job. I, yeah, I, I think this is an artifact deck that tickles your brain, especially because, like I, like I kind of said at the top of the cast, I think what makes this commander interesting is you are able to take really bad artifact cards that we wouldn't normally play in, yeah. in Commander. Like, we didn't talk about it. Aetherworks Marvel works beautifully in this sure. deck. Sure, oh yeah. I think that's where this, it's really different. Because I will tell you, it's a lot of fun with like my Shirai deck being able to take really bad cards and be right. like, well, it works in here. Like, I don't care yeah, that it's yeah, a yeah. zero power or one power. Like, and it could die immediately. Like, it's coming back. Like, and it's going to do a lot of positive stuff for me. And I think you're going to be able to see, like, especially with, I think this is the year of the artifact, not the year of the short story. Oh, for sure. So I think you're going to see a lot of really freaking good artifacts come out that it's like, oh, man, I could totally see how that's great in 60 card, but it doesn't really fit in Commander. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wait, Takasia, it works amazing. It, it kind of does, yeah. Yeah. So glad to hear that you said yes yep. to it. Kind of sad that you have so many decks that you have to build and fix that it'll be on the back burner. 
But who knows? Maybe, could maybe be Q- in late, a late Q2 project, you know? Late somewhere Q2. like that. Late Q2, right? Yeah, we got it on like the roadmap, guys. Right, exactly. I put it in a Jira ticket. We're going to put it into a sprint, right? We got to get out. We're kind of bogged down in the Q1 uh, for velocity right now. But at some point, we will get to it. All right. Well, that's going to round out the episode. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And remember, stay classy. Stay classy, people. I'm... S-